from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. We're coming to you live from our affiliates stateside and those around the world listening in on the uh, the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkZone.com. So however and wherever you're listening, great to have you aboard. Albert the Intern has posted some great stories, as always, in the slide carousel up at richardserrett.com. Uh, the Internet has been on fire, of course, with theories about the upcoming paramilitary exercises coming maybe to a town or a state near you this July in the United States. It's called Jade Helm 15, and this exercise has a lot of people very nervous. Some are even suggesting this exercise is a precursor to martial law. Uh, you may want to check out a piece we've republished or reposted from zengardner.com titled Turning America into a Battleground uh, to that end. And we're working on putting a show together on Jade Helm 15 and what it all means. Uh, is it all hype or do Americans have something to worry about? We've reached out to our good friend Joel Skousen, editor and publisher of World Affairs Brief. He's a frequent a frequent guest here on The Conspiracy Show, so we're hoping he'll join us uh, for an upcoming show on Jade Helm 15, for all of you who've been emailing and asking. Uh, if you're into money and politics, there's a revealing story posted there about Hillary Clinton's presidential bid for 2016 and her connections with the big bankers. Nomi Prince, who is a former Wall Street exec and author of All the President's Bankers, The Hidden Alliances That Drive American Power. It's just out in paperback, and... Uh, uh, there is a, um, I guess, an excerpt from that posted on the uh, the website as well, richardserrett.com. Uh, as she documents in her book, the Clintons have long-standing ties uh, to the mightiest banks on Wall Street. Those alliances will prove vital as Hillary tries to keep up the money primary of the of the uh, 2016 campaign. But as she tries to appeal to working and middle-class people, you can expect your opponents to use Clinton's Wall Street connections against her. Again, those are just two of the hot stories we've posted on the slide carousel atop richardserrett.com. While you're there, click on the blue member area button and register. It's fast, it's easy, it's free. And you gain access to all sorts of exclusive member-only areas, past guests, past show archives, and the book club. Uh, very quickly, there's an event around North America and the world. It's called the March Against Monsanto. I doubt there's anyone listening who isn't at least partially familiar with Monsanto. This seed and chemical giant's stated goal is to feed the world through genetically modified crops like corn and soy and canola and sugar beets. But their critics are legion. In fact, Monsanto has been so vilified, they've recently rolled out a brand new social media marketing campaign to restore their image. Is Monsanto deserving of its reputation? Are GMOs getting a bad rap? Or are these frankenfoods responsible for a spike in cancer and other serious illnesses? My next guest says GMOs are a scourge. And Monsanto, along with other companies like Dow and Pfizer, are flouting laws and regulations thanks to powerful government insiders that are turning a blind eye to a bevy of animal studies that show GMOs, Roundup-ready plants, for example, like corn, are poisoning our food supply. Dr. Shiv Chopra has a Ph.D. in microbiology. He's the recipient of numerous academic awards, including a fellowship of the World Health Organization, and uh, he'll be a keynote speaker at the Toronto March Against Monsanto. Good evening, Dr. Chopra. How are you? Good evening. Thank you very much. 
Uh, let's begin with uh, a definition, a genetically modified organism. What is it exactly? Genetically modified organisms are any type of cell, bacteria, human, any species, where you modify its DNA by injecting DNA from another species. And uh, then you select a whatever characteristic you want. And uh, so it's across the species which doesn't happen in nature. In nature, within the species, uh, those organisms can interbreed, but they cannot cross the species barrier. That is the law of nature, God, if you like. That's the way it, it's supposed to work. Because if it didn't work that way, the whole existence will collapse. So DNA of every species is what defines a species. If you go across the DNA, then you have a disaster. All right. Is there anything in principle wrong with trying to improve? Let's uh, concentrate on uh, food crops, for example, either for a livestock feed or for human consumption. In principle, is there anything wrong with trying to enhance let's say, the nutritional value uh, of a particular uh, foodstuff by genetically altering it? Well, there's nothing wrong uh, in doing anything. That's the way technology works, the science, science works. We are always trying to find out how we can work with nature, uh, sometimes to cure disease or improve situations. Uh, let's just get away from genetically modified, the technical name that we're using. There is crossbreeding. For example, you can take a cow, which is what people did 6,000 years ago, and they bred it in a sense uh, that the cows produced more milk. Normally, the cow will produce just enough milk for his calf, but the people trained it to... Uh, give more milk. You can take a horse, you can make it uh, run faster and faster, and, and various things like that. You can take by interbreeding, but you're remaining within the species. If you cross the species, even closely related species, for example, you can interbreed a donkey and a horse, and then you get a mule, and that mule is sterile. It's called a hybrid. Mule cannot produce another mule, nor a donkey, nor a horse. So it's the, it's the dead end point, and that's the way it works because those are very closely related species. But what we're doing here is you're taking the gene or DNA from one species and putting it into another. For example, you can take a gene from a bacteria and you put it into crops. And uh, uh, bacteria is called Bacillus thuringiensis, long technical name, just let's call it Bt. You can take this bacteria, lives in the soil, and it produces some kind of a poison to protect itself against other species or uh, 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 find, to find food. For example, this bacteria will uh, attack certain insects, 
for its own food and it will slit its intestinal uh, system inside and it feeds on it. Now what uh, companies have done, companies like Monsanto, they've taken this bacteria and they've taken this gene and they have now put that gene Bt into corn or into cotton or soybean and, and therefore they're called Bt. So they're producing their own pesticide. The, the plants produ- are... Exactly. Right. But the problem here is now the whole plant is producing. Bacteria is one single cell uh, or a few bacteria in the soil. But now you've got uh, these crops, huge plants, cotton the size of trees, corn, big plants, and miles after miles after miles, all producing toxin that the bacteria was supposed to produce, the toxin is now coming out uh, constantly into the soil. It's not just killing the pest that goes and sits on the plant. It's also killing whatever else is in the soil. That's the kind of uh, disaster that is happening with Bt because now you're killing um, earthworms, you're killing insects, you're killing beetles and ants and all those organisms that help uh, uh, the soil to produce food. This is the kind of... Similarly, you can take uh, a gene of a cow and put it into bacteria. Now it's the other way around. And uh, the, cow, the cows, uh, uh, let's say it, there's a hormone that induces milk production in the cow. If you take that gene, put it into E. coli bacteria, now that uh, bacteria thinks it's a cow, now it becomes a factory for producing the bovine growth hormone, and they call it recombinant, or in other words, genetically modified. Now what the companies are saying, let's take this uh, 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 hormone produced by the, in the bacteria, let's give injections of it to the cows every two weeks, and we'll produce 10% more milk from the cow. Now, this we definitely know. What happened with that, that uh, 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 studies were done, they were asked for, I won't go into the full details, they're all described in my book, what happened, they, uh, uh, that the cows got sick, cows got milk, pus in the milk, cows got uh, infected in their udders, uh, mammary glands, bacteria, uh, and then they, they had to be given antibiotics, and then the cows also produced another hormone. It's called insulin-like growth factor, and that causes, uh, or at least associated with increased in cancer in people. Let me so, just uh, stop you there, Dr. Chopra. We're coming up on a break. Uh, let me just ask you a very quick question and give me a, is this milk uh, currently in production in Canada, in the United States, is it being consumed by humans in North, in North America? Well, it is not produced in Canada because it was not approved, this, this product. Uh, when I blew the whistle back in 1998, 1997, uh, this 
um, uh, created a big scandal. There was a Senate investigation. I was called to testify. Okay, I've got to stop you there. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about uh, GMOs. Uh, Dr. Shiv Chopra is with us, the author of Corrupt to the Core, Memoirs of a Health Canada Whistleblower. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are back with Dr. Shiv Chopra, Ph.D. in microbiology and will be a a keynote speaker. The March Against Monsanto here in Toronto. This, uh, Incidentally, this march that's happening in Toronto, is this now a growing global phenomenon? Are there similar marches in other centers around the world? Well, that's what's happening this, um, uh, certainly this day, there'll be marches all over the world. It has grown very big. It keeps growing. Uh, whether it's having an effect, we don't know, but certainly it's bringing more and people, more and more people to become aware of what's happening to them. And then people in their own ways are demanding or requesting or sending petitions. We can talk about that, whether it's effective or not. If it's not effective, what needs to be done? Okay, let's, let me ask you uh, first about uh, the, the primary uh, food uh, crops that are being genetically modified. Uh, yes. There are five principles, as I understand. Could you name those, those crops? Uh, oh, uh, uh, there's canola, there's uh, uh, corn, there's um, uh, um, soybean, uh, there's now alfalfa, there's beetroot, uh, there's a bunch of crops. Wheat is not yet, but uh, yet it, uh, it's been uh, shown that it was secretly even released and tested and so on. We don't know, uh, but the major crops which are already approved, they are out there. Okay, and papaya, I believe, is also genetic. And papaya. Why, why, what would they do with papaya? What is the purpose there? Well, you know, the purpose in every case, from the company's point of view, is to somehow create a product and put a patent on it and own it and decide what the uh, people can buy or not buy. And it's control over food supply. Uh, But are they enhancing, in their mind, are they increasing the nutritional value, the yield of the papaya? Uh, Are they adding... What are they doing specifically? Not at all. No. Nothing of the kind is happening. It's the, it's the uh, contrary of what the company is claiming. Those are all lies. They've now got apple uh, that won't brown. Uh, so most of these crops are also, like we talked about BT, but the big culprit here is a product called Roundup. Roundup Ready Plants, yes. Roundup Ready Plants. You need to explain what that's all about. That's right, because the company has uh, had patented that Roundup back in the 60s as an antibiotic. They were hoping they will use it as an antibiotic because it's produced by a bacteria and it didn't seem to be too toxic. And uh, But then they used that uh, Roundup uh, to... Uh, now make the crops resistant to Roundup. Now, Roundup is a pesticide that kills absolutely anything green. It takes a couple of weeks for it to do so. 
and and then uh, um, they they clean up the whole soil, spray it. Everything is gone. No weeds, no greenery, nothing left in the field. Then the farmer comes in and he just puts in whatever crop uh, that is uh, genetically modified. And then as it starts to grow, then they come back with the same roundup and they spray it again. And this is how it began. In other words, if I could just stop you just to, to, to make it clear to listeners, uh, if you create a, a, a plant that is resistant to Roundup, then you can go in and spray the Roundup indiscriminately uh, in order to get rid of the, the weeds and, and other things around the, the plants. Uh, but the plant is still absorbing that Roundup, is it not? Oh, of course. I mean, Roundup has now gone into, that's how Roundup kills a plant. It goes into the system of the plant. That's why it's called a systemic uh, herbicide. It gets into the plant, and d- down below, it uh, uh, ties up uh, uh, certain chemicals or uh, metals or, or food for the for the crop, and and th- therefore it takes a couple of weeks for it to. Uh, uh, the the the, the uh, um, plant to die. Now, what they've done here, if you make the a crop that you want and you don't want the weeds, so you make that resistant artificially, genetically modified, and now you can put any amount of Roundup, one, two, three, four, five times, or whatever number of times. Initially, the idea was to put just. Uh, two applications, one before and one after. And then they saw weeds were growing and bigger and bigger weeds. So now farmers are putting as much as sometimes seven um, sprays. And then to make it even worse, the same Roundup is even used, uh, whether it's on uh, GMO crops or not, uh, to dry the crops at the end of the season. And so Roundup can be uh, put uh, on any crop. It could be wheat, it could be rice, uh, anything which is not approved. Uh, and the crop uh, quickly dries up and the farmer gets the seed. Now imagine so many applications have been um, put there. And then finally this is, you can't even, you're not waiting for rain. You're not going to wash this, uh, this, this uh, seed now. It's all over the place. And this Roundup is now, after all these years, people have been doing studies. They say that it's, it, it, it can, uh, can cause cancer and it can cause all sorts of other things. And there are, there are human, there are human studies that have shown this or is this anecdotal evidence? No, uh, there are experiments, human studies. I mean, you can't um, do studies um, in humans, but in animal studies, of course, it's been shown to cause tumors, to cause uh, uh, rashes, and even death in um, in animals. And so that happens. But you can't do a study like that in humans. But what does happen, though, uh, over a period of time, if this product has been used for now several decades, bizarre things are happening out there in people. Are we finding Roundup in uh, breast milk, for example? We're finding uh, Roundup in breast milk. We're finding in urine. Uh, so that, that's an indication that it is being absorbed and excreted and secreted. 
So, and the body fluids. So it, it is going through the system. As it goes through the system, there is, uh, uh, in our intestinal tract, in humans and animals, there is trillions of healthy bacteria living in our gut. Yes. Those bacteria help us digest protein. They make synthesize certain amino acids, which we don't. Uh, they uh, synthesize some vitamins. They steal some food. That's the kind of symbiotic relationship that in nature has evolved. So you live with each other. Bacteria, you help bacteria, bacteria help you. What happens is with this roundup, uh, and there are other things, of course. I mean, we can talk about that. Right now, we're only talking about GMOs and pesticides, but there are, in addition, there are antibiotics too uh, being uh, fed and injected into animals. So what's happening with all this is that, that this whole system in the body is called microbiome. It's an organ by itself. Our immune system depends on the intestinal tract. In the tiny little appendix, is the most essential organism in the body uh, for the immune system. So what, what's happening is that you are uh, killing those bacteria. And once you kill those bacteria, it sets up inflammation in the intestinal tract. Now you can get, people are getting gluten intolerance, people are getting allergies, people are getting autism, uh, people are getting cancer. Uh, when you start seeing things which were uncommon before 50, 60 years ago, very uncommon, now are becoming epidemics. And so therefore, at this point, you have to, even if you made a mistake, even if you said, okay, we'll try it out. Now you've done it for 50 or 60 years and now crops for the last 20 years. Now we know things are happening. You cannot keep on lying that nothing, that's not related. That's not. But what is the advantage? Who are we doing it for? Why is the company being allowed to do what it's doing without testing? Because there's a law in the country. There's a law in the United States. There's a law in Canada. This law is called the Food and Drugs Act in both countries. It is now 120 years old. Initially, back in 1895, it was called the Adulteration Act. At that time, the thought was that um, you cannot mix two products and uh, because people were putting uh, alcohol and turpentine and making drugs and syrups and things like that and, and, and uh, killing people. Uh, and then, as a result of it, the countries in their wisdom, they passed the, uh, the Adulteration Act. That went on from 1895 to uh, uh, about 1938, when somebody thought of taking a pill, sulfonamide pill, which was very hard to, there used to be large pills, and they could not be dissolved in water, and children in particular, they were awful things to uh, swallow to control infections. And uh, so somebody thought, well, maybe I'll take the sulfonamide and dissolve it in a solvent and then put some syrup or sugar in it, and um, then as, um, children can drink it. 
what happened, 100 Americans died. And then when they went back and they found, uh, how come they died from drinking this stuff that normally wasn't killing? But what happened in the syrup? Then they discovered that the fellow, whoever the company was, they had used ethylene glycol, which is the windshield wiper fluid. It's extremely toxic. And so, as a result, then uh, the U.S. and Canada followed immediately. In 1945, they said every product has to be tested in living animals. Right. Listen, we've, we've only got about uh, two minutes here. Uh, time is moving uh, quickly, uh, Dr. Chopra, and we won't have time to get into the entire history of the FDA and, and Health Canada. Uh, but um, when we come back, I, I want to find out then how... Uh, many of these products seem to get almost rubber stamped or almost without uh, FDA approval being needed. We'll we'll discuss that. We'll also talk about uh, the upcoming march against Monsanto happening here in Toronto, May 23rd, but also in other places uh, around the world. Dr. Shiv Chopra is a uh, microbiologist and the author of Corrupt to the Core, Memoirs of a Health Canada Whistleblower, also a keynote speaker at the aforementioned Toronto March Against Monsanto. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. I'm Richard Serrett. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Dr. Chopra remains uh, with us as we continue to talk about uh, genetically modified organisms. Now, you were employed with Health Canada at one time, were you not? Yes, I worked there for 35 years. Okay, so what is going on then with Health Canada and, and the FDA in the United States? Why are they not protecting us from these products if there are animal studies that show that, for example, these Roundup Ready plants are causing tumors in animals? They should be our, you know, the first line of defense. Why are they allowing these products to be produced? Well, they have to answer that. Is um, one answer in one word is corruption. Corruption. It's corruption. The companies are running the show. The companies have taken over. In my book on page one uh, one fifty four, I said Monsanto said they and five or six other companies they will take over the White House and the British Parliament and the German Parliament and the French Parliament and the Jap- Japanese Parliament and that's what they have done. That that was they had that was their manifesto in nineteen ninety. That's what has happened. And the the present food czar, named by President Obama in the United States, is a former the director of Monsanto, is he? Well, I mean, he's gone in and out. Uh, It's not just Obama. It it happened uh, before Mr. Obama became president. uh, uh, This has been going on for quite some time. And we have it in Canada, too. The uh, Monsanto vice president was sitting in inside the Minister of Health's office and taking briefings on me and other people. And, and so this is the way it is. They are running the show. They sit inside the department. They're not just lobbyists. They are running the show. Are they helping formulate policy? Well, they are breaking the law. It's not forming. You know, policy cannot override an existing law. There is a law which is attached to the criminal court. People doing that, uh, whoever lies, is supposed to go to jail. Okay. And, uh, well, in order for them to lie, they would have to be uh, sworn. This would be in a a hearing-type situation, a congressional hearing, a parliamentary hearing. Are you saying that officials with Monsanto in a congressional or parliamentary hearing have sworn under oath? 
and well, lied, that, lied that, while sworn under oath. Well, that's what happened in the case of one product, BGH, in Canada. But then that was a Senate investigation. Then the, our Senate went back to sleep. And nothing has happened here, not in the United States or anywhere else. And, and interestingly, the European Union does not allow GMOs, although they are allowing pesticides and so on. So, uh, uh, so there are very, very serious problems all over the world. Because the companies are just to make profit, they're selling these things, which is illegal. So the governments are breaking their own law. When when you go into the grocery store and you're wheeling your cart through uh, the aisles, what I mean, it's pretty difficult uh, to avoid corn because corn, whether it's corn syrup or there's there's you know uh, byproducts from corn, is an ingredient in many 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 foods. Absolutely. What there's is corn, there's uh, sugar that's also com- uh, coming from uh, beetroot uh, that's also genetically modified. You cannot avoid. There's no way you can avoid. Because uh, even if then the animals are being fed this, even if you say, I'm not going to buy corn myself, but the animals are being fed that corn. Anim- uh, all this all over the place. They're making ethanol from the same thing. The, the huge changes are occurring. Um, uh, you know, the carbon uh, burning and, and making ethanol, driving cars, the change of uh, climate change, people are not even realizing how things are, have become so bad uh, uh, due to uh, this genetic engineering experiment that is going on. Governments have, pa- have passed the law that by law now 5 to 10 to 20 percent of your uh, uh, gasoline will have ethanol made from corn, genetically modified. Imagine what's happening to the fields and, and the and soils and the waters of the, of the countries. It's not just a direct consumption by people. It's coming uh, upon us from all sides. If I buy uh, corn, sweet yep. corn, at the uh, the local market, will is that likely GMO corn? Ninety-five uh, percent uh, of it, yes. Ninety-five percent. Do you avoid eating corn? Yeah, I don't eat corn. I I I, <laughs> I avoid lots of things, but then that's me. Uh, knowing too much becomes a curse. But what do people? I can do? imagine exactly. Well, we, we we have yet again to take another time out. This will uh, we'll have one more segment here, and we'll uh, uh, we'll continue to delve into this serious serious topic: genetically modified organisms. Dr. Shiv Chopra with us, Ph.D. in microbiology and the author of *Corrupt to the Core: Memoirs of a Health Canada Whistleblower*. Back with more: The Conspiracy Show. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. All right, our final segment with uh, Dr. Shiv Chopra, former Health Canada whistleblower. Corrupt to the Core, Memoirs of a Health Canada Whistleblower is the book. Give us a few more details, if you could, Dr. Chopra. People now want, they, they want to know, what do we do? 
we've marched, we've sent petitions, we've uh, done all kinds of things, but it's not working. My recommendation to them has been, and is becoming more critical, that don't keep marching against Monsanto. You have to march against US FDA, Health Canada. You have to march against uh, our own government, which is corrupt. Companies cannot do what they're doing. Because the companies, we're aiding, our governments are aiding and abetting companies to do what they're doing. The companies cannot do this. All right. This, I should also point out that um, sort of the theme of this year is called Celebrate Farm to Fork. Uh, what is the status of, um, in the United States, there have been a, a number of uh, state uh, initiative, ballot initiatives to demand or, um, or require food labeling that would list GMO ingredients. Now, we saw this go down in flames in places like California when a number of companies sort of lined up and Coca-Cola and Monsanto and Dow and so forth. I believe it has been passed in one state, if I'm not mistaken, it's Vermont, has yes. successfully passed a, uh, a food labeling requirement. What is the, the status of such an initiative here in Canada? Once again, label is required for any product. A label is required to be put on, on the bag or a bottle, depending upon what the product is, outside and a larger label description is called package insert on the inside. In other words, it has to, uh, the company has to declare all the ingredients, including water. They have to uh, declare that on the label. But do they have to, do they have to include uh, a warning that it contains genetically modified organisms? Well, that's what should be happening because that's what they have to say. This product contains mercury or aluminum or this virus or that virus and such and such could happen and so forth. And the same way, why is it that genetically modified organisms and their products are not labeled? Because it's a requirement of the law. It is. It is a requirement of the law. In it Canada. is a requirement of the law. And yet our food, they, they are not labeling our food as GMO. They do not put on the label, they did not put on the label of either milk or, or these things, uh, that this contains GMOs, and it, uh, with that also comes the Roundup of the pesticides and BT and this and that. All that has to be put on the label. Now, the, the excuse me, Dr. Chopra, uh, the, the rationale uh, for companies like Monsanto, and I believe Dow is also involved in producing GMOs, Dow yes. Chemicals, uh, who brought us uh, Agent Orange. <laughs> uh, now, their rationale is that we cannot feed the world seven billion souls and counting. We cannot feed the world using traditional uh, agricultural methods. That's why we need uh, these factory farms, and that's why we need genetically modified uh, crops. First of all, who told them to do so? We cannot. Who Who is begging them? We can't compete with... China, India, Mexico, and there's so much food in the world. More than 40% of the uh, uh, food is being wasted. And uh, so, uh, and this is a complete lie that they cannot feed the world. So much food is uh, uh, being wasted and uh, then being turned into corn and um, ethanol and turned into meat and, and uh, other products hormones, antibiotics, slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse waste, all this is being put into our food supply. All these are illegally uh, present there. 
So it's not just Monsanto. There's a whole bunch of companies. There's Pfizer, there's Eli Lilly, there's all of these companies, uh, Syngenta, they, and Dow, they're all together. And then, of course, there's slaughterhouses. The whole system is in a complete mess. It's all corruption. Do genetically modified, uh, does genetically modifying a, a plant increase the yield? No, they don't. The only, in fact, <laughs> in fact, it becomes less. The only reason it seems to happen is because initially they were given advantage by using the pesticide or herbicide or Roundup, things like that. Because if you leave them alone, the GMO cannot compete against the natural organism. It will die. If, if allowed to compete with it in natural environment, it will not survive. What can we learn from Europe? Europe, uh, Europe has banned uh, genetically modified organisms. Europe, Europe has banned hormones, antibiotics, slaughterhouse waste, and GMOs. They haven't. Uh, they are also beginning to ban a number of pesticides like neonicotinoids and a few others. And th those are responsible for the, the killing of bees, I understand. Yes. How can we uh, emulate what they're doing in Europe? Why were they successful in Europe to, to, to shut it down? What, what can we learn from them and do it here? We are, we are at the head of the corrupt system. That's what it is. Because these companies... Just, There's corruption just, in Europe, too, though, Dr. Chung. Well, it's not that kind of corruption um, uh, that, that we're talking about. Uh, There's corruption in every country, everywhere else. We're talking of corrupting the actual system. And uh, the U Europeans went through the same thing as well. And then slowly, they, they got... That's where they got the MAGCAR disease. That's where they got the other things. Uh, our cancer rates are skyrocketing. Our, our health care cost is the most expensive in the world. The country will go bankrupt uh, um, if it keeps on doing what it's doing. So uh, there's a lesson. And the Americans don't live any longer. Uh, the, uh, whatever factory you look at, the Americans are behind in every possible way. And if these companies, we talk on corruption, these companies, if, if you look at their names, they were originally from Second World War. They were all German companies that transplanted themselves into the U.S. now. That's what people say. Your show is called Conspiracy, but when people begin to talk this way, they say, oh, that's consp conspiracy theory. So these, are the, these companies are the remnants of Merck Pharmaceuticals, of, yep, which, was right. dis, which was torn apart after the war yep. uh, into a thousand pieces, but these yep. are it's like the, the head of a hydra. When you cut it off, you've got nine heads now. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with, that, and they are here now. This is, we're not talking about Nazi Germany. We're not talking about Hitler time, we're not talking about that, those kinds of wartime things. These are all the DDT and, and everything else, they, they all came out, these are war weapons. And they are now being used on daily food. In the United States, there was an omnibus bill passed uh, a, a number of years ago, and uh, they snuck in a, um, a, a paragraph buried deep within this bill uh, that I believe would prevent people from, that would protect companies like Monsanto from lawsuits. Uh, do you recall yes, the, the bill was, that I'm um, talking about? It was, people called it the Monsanto Protection Act. Yes. The same thing applies to the vaccines, against um, Merck and Glaxo and so on. You cannot sue companies, you cannot sue governments. 
who the hell are these people passing these laws? Who, who, on whose behalf are they doing this? The country is owned by the people. And what about in the status? What's the status uh, in, in Canada? Could, Same. for example, could you could you launch a class action lawsuit against Monsanto? It is very simple. No, you don't need to launch a class action. You can if you want to, but I would suggest people. In fact, this has been tried now in the U.S. and one with some success. Um, I think people should be suing their government. It is their right to know. It is their right to um, make sure that the law is observed by the authorities. Uh, that's, that's the simplest way to go at it, and it's not costly. You just say, this law exists. Why is the USFDA not applying it, or Health Canada not applying it? Go to the Supreme Court and demand the labeling be done. Not request, but demand. If I want to know what's in my food. If nothing changes in uh, in North America, uh, give me um, let's project into the future ten twenty years. Uh, what is the the food industry, the state of agriculture, going to look like in North America if Monsanto and Dow and Pfizer and these other companies are allowed to uh, pursue their their um, their aim of um, well g- genetically modified organisms? And, much of our food is being imported now from third world countries, and that's going to get worse. If we, um, in fact, clean up our act, we will create employment, we will improve our health, we will uh, have, uh, would reverse the system. What these companies are now doing, they are now descending into China and India and Brazil and Argentina. They want to uh, just repeat the same process over there. But this is not going to work. It's not working. And so extra food, (laughs) what are people going to do with it? All right. That's the second annual Toronto GMO Free Festival and Farmer's Market, the March Against Monsanto. One of the key speakers. Will, will you be speaking at Christie Pitts? Yes. And uh, I really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much, Dr. Chopra. Thank you. All right. Uh, the website for this program is richardserrett.com. Let me spell the last name. <laughs> I mentioned this before, almost 20 years on the air, and uh, some people still misspell the name, and then they can't find me. But it's Richard Serrett. S as in Simon, Y-R-E-T-T, richardserrett.com. And that's really your portal uh, to the uh, Conspiracy Show. All the information regarding upcoming shows is there, uh, generally uh, one week at a time in advance. And then all your past shows are there. Now, if you want to access the past show archives and uh, learn about previous guests, because many of you are emailing me, asking me who was the name of that guest and what was the name of this book. It's quite simple. All you need to do is go to richardserrett.com, register. There's a blue button in the upper left-hand corner. It says Members Area Login. Just click on that, and it's fast and free and easy to register. Uh, And then you can have access to the Members uh, Only Areas which includes, again, the past show archives. You can go back now and listen to previous shows dating back all the way to the summer of 2012. And uh, you can also find out uh, about previous guests. There's a search engine there as well. So no need to to email anymore. Everything is right there at richardserrett.com. Now, 
Uh, speaking of um, um, the website, we have uh, mentioned previously that we have an app in development, and we are so close. We're just sort of test running it tonight, but I think next week, by next week, we will we will be uh, ready to make a formal announcement, a formal launch of the app that will be available both for iPhone and for your Android or uh, if it's not an iPhone, whatever you may have. And also, I'm, I'm guessing it'll be available for uh, the various tablets if you can uh, go to the, uh, the Apple Store or the, uh, the Google Play for Android. Uh, but uh, just wait for it. Give us a week and we'll make a formal announcement, I'm guessing, on this very program about the Conspiracy Show app. It's uh, it's cool. That's all I can tell you. And I'm very pleased uh, with it. And thanks again. Uh, a shout-out to our app developer, Sharon Forster, uh, for that. All right. Uh, the other way to reach me, of course, is on Twitter. And that's at Richard Serrett. Say hi. And as always, follow the truth. Thank you.